welcome hey. to the patch. Hey. Welcome to the patch. You caught us mid conversation. Uh, the patch brought to you today by Blue Apron and MeUndies. And MeUndies. There you go. Which uh, we're joined today by Ashley. I'm drinking coffee and I'm Bernie. Adam. And Ryan. Hey, share a little bit of that coffee. Welcome to the patch. Coffee? It's decaf, so you're not going to be really fine. happy about that. Honestly, you know what? It's, a, it's, it's all placebo. Really. It's a placebo at that point. Yeah, like, here's the thing. It's you like, get to the afternoon, you're like, I want coffee because coffee is delicious and we like it. Uh, but you actually don't want the caffeine because then you don't sleep. So what do you do? Caffeine does nothing to me. I like the way you said delicious as delicious. It's delicious. delicious. Uh, so you, it's, who did the set decoration for the patch? Anybody know? Uh, no. I don't know um, why. I just, I just want, you know, what? That's a potion flask. We have random props that we put yeah, out here. That's a potion flask. Video no games have potion flasks. I can put a stopper in style. Listen, with anything, the rocks don't make sense. Just like it's been here forever. Look like regular stopper like to things, me, right? That's no like offense, a game. Ryan. Yeah, that's fair. So, what has been discussed on the patch recently? Can I talk about Lego Star Wars? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, anybody else playing Lego Star Wars? No. Force Awakens. It came out. So. I play this all the time with the boys, all the different Lego Star Wars games. In fact, it's always been a big debate in the family what account we're going to play it on because, you know, the achievements in that. You said Jeremy's been playing it though, right? Yeah, he's been playing the hell out of it. So, have you ever played a Lego Star Wars game before? It's like 200% it in for the achievements. You have to play through it like three times. And there's like a whole strategy that there's little nuances to the Lego Star Wars games as they come out. But there's this whole strategy to like how to maximize your time in there. Like there's these things that you can unlock that multiply the number of studs that you pick up and they stack. So if you get the 2x multiplier than the 4x multiplier, then you're getting eight times the amount of studs, which is what you use to buy everything in the game. And I have to teach my kids how to like not spend money on characters until we get these multipliers done. So it's really interesting because they've actually now reached a point where I'm obsolete. They're now playing together. So I have had to, this is so sad, I've had to download the game on my own and I'm playing it just so I can like talk to them about it. <laughs> it's so sad. Do you have any like specific character that you're playing as? Um, no. Well, it's it, in Lego Star Wars, you kind of like start off with a set and then you unlock things. I'm actually not that far in. Uh, I'm only in through like the first two levels. So they added stuff like um, you need like groups. Like uh, Leia can like bring a group of rebels with her and then they can do like a task together. Um, some of the Ewoks, if you're an Ewok, you can like gather up with Ewoks and do those kinds of things. And there's a new thing in the game, at least for Lego Star Wars, where once you build something, with a little little kit, like all the little things on the ground, you build it, uh, then you can smash it and build it again somewhere else. So like you can find other uses for the things and rebuild stuff. That's cool. The weird thing about it, though, is, is that loading it up for the first time, I've never seen this before, load up Lego Star Wars, it goes through the developer's splash screen, and then it goes to a Disney slate, which it's so <laughs> weird to see a Disney slate on a Lego game. It just feels completely weird to me. Yeah, and a I mean, Star Wars game. I mean, is this the first one that that's? Is no. this the first Lego Battlefront Star had Wars to have Disney on it, right? Yep. But you didn't really play Battlefront though. So is this like the first L Star Wars game that you've encountered since it was purchased? Yes. No, because Infinity was out, right? He hasn't played Infinity either. Right, well, there's that, no Lego Infinity, is there? No, but there's Disney Infinity, there's, but the Star Wars, Star, Star Wars. Wars characters. Yeah. No, okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm or sure there, Battlefront probably has a Disney logo in front of it. Yeah. Anybody put Battlefront gone. ever? I did. I can't I, I, remember, I honestly. Did, I did, it didn't you know, jump there, out to me. For all the flack that Battlefront got, I actually enjoyed just like going through co-oping with Grace. It was pretty. It, I mean, yeah, like for visually, it looked awesome. The and, sound and like design riding, was amazing. Riding the, the speeders on Endor, perfect. Well, I mean, the, many trees. the criticism for Battlefront largely came from people who liked earlier entries in the franchise and wanted it to be that exact thing rather than 
kind of <laughs> with a you know s- s- battlefield with a Star Wars twist. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. The, my 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 paramount complaint was that there wasn't enough content to keep me there. All all the unlockables were pretty generally boring. I, I feel like they You're were in kind of a rough spot, though, because it came out like so close to the movie, and it's like, can't spoil <laughs> stuff. Um, be excited because uh, of movies and stuff, but like we can't, you, we can't really well, include the movie. Dude, stuff. it would be a gigantic pain in the ass to be a developer of a Star Wars game. I just can't imagine how tough that would be. You know, um, back when I, <laughs> this is so so long ago, I, when I was working at Ubisoft, um, I actually did uh, digital marketing on. Oh God, it was some. DS title where starring Twilight where she was like stealing the Death Star plants people were furious about the game one because it completely changed the canon mm. uh, I mean really? I, I don't know that it was <laughs> canon but yeah like it changed like who stole the Death Star plans um, and it was this Twilight chick uh, and but my favorite thing about the game was not the game it's that something I got to do for digital marketing and I got this through Lucas and no one could believe it was a build your own Death Star maker like for the like for online uh and it would have all kinds of crazy stuff like you put a roller coaster you could put like a ferris wheel on the outside of your death star and you could paint it different colors was it like a sim game or just a model no it was just like one of those program for death stars yeah but it's like it was like a web thing it was like you know Uh flash was real big at the time and so almost like a custom avatar kind of a thing yeah, it was okay. like, you know, you go and you build and you like select checkboxes and you have like a certain budget for your Death Star so you can get this one super cool <laughs> death, death laser, but then you can't really get anything else. Or you can go for all the fun rides uh, and just like compromise on the the star killer powers or like, if whatever. If there's one thing that the, the Empire really showed itself concerned with, it was budgetary things, right? I mean, it's right. They, they build- blew up two Death Stars and then a Death <laughs> Planet. Raise the taxes. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I didn't realize until Ashley was kind of talking about it how much I wanted to play a Fallout Shelter style game, but for Death Stars. Like, <laughs> That'd be rooms, super fun, right? And like run it and everything. Like that whole rant that the characters and clerks go on about like <laughs> all the other people that work on the Death Star that aren't part of the military. You know, they're just general contractors or whatnot. I want to play Janitors. that game now. Death Star Simulator. Exactly. <laughs> it'd be great, Management. honestly. Like as, as a game, that'd be a lot of fun. Get the cool, um, the cutout style even so you can see like just like one mm-hmm. um cross section yeah. of yeah. the death star with all the different rooms yeah and you can slowly you build, build all the stuff out. like fallout, fallout shelter and your room is limited by how big a death star you built. You have to fight yeah. off x-wing attacks <laughs> don't build like one defense yeah would be part of it like awesome. like Try- raiders get in but they're rebels and they're just like trying to like turn off the shield generator and stuff like <laughs> that. trying to make sure there's no vents this is a no idea not to st- steal it. Take the idea. Please do. Steal, steal Please steal the idea we stole from uh, Bethesda, basically. <laughs> steal, steal that and then make that. Well, look. If <laughs> then that, get sued by Lucas. That was the love child of Bethesda's baby and my Death Star builder. So I'd say we're, we're in the clear here, right? We're in the clear. Well, as long as we don't actually monetize it, I think we're fine no matter what. I kind least, of don't, I don't think, think there's any so. I don't that. think that's the way they work. They just go that? Nah. <laughs> but it's cool. Are you looking forward to the Best Spin DLC, Adam? For Battlefront? Maybe. It's all like dependent on if I have someone to play with to get back into it. I don't like playing first-person shooters alone. Mm-hmm. That's like I don't play Overwatch. It's like my favorite shooter in forever, but I don't play it alone. Mm-hmm. It's just not as fun. So if there's someone to play with me, yeah, I'll check it out. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I was trying to convince JD to, to pick up the new Battlefront because he was such a huge fan of Battlefront 2. Waited forever for a new Battlefront game to come out, which so many people did. Then with, the moment they announced it, he's like, I'm not interested in it now. And it's so weird. It was like, because he liked it. I never played any of the Battlefront games. But, you know, it's like, I would if I figure if I would have played them, I would have been excited when it came out. I'm super excited about Battlefield coming out. Yeah. Uh, and, I've you know, I haven't really played a Battlefield game since probably... Probably like Battlefield 2142. Yeah, I'm really excited about Battlefield. And also uh, the new Quake. Both look very interesting. I'm like all of a sudden back into first-person Really? Shooters. Quake? Well, like you, we just played new Doom. Which was great. It was fantastic. So like, Probably the best release of the spring, I would say. Right. Naturally. Or, uh, maybe, and that maybe one, Overwatch for me. Takes nah, it. I never played it. Well, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I played uh, one match of Overwatch and I was like, I know how this ends. And I like immediately just put it how down. How it just me like being up till four in the morning every night. Right, the game. Like right. That, that sounds like that's a positive response. Yeah, but right. Overwatch oh, doesn't ever end. I'm still doing it to this day. That's true. There's no exit. Okay, yeah. so um, at Founder Isner on Twitter just said there's a Death Star Tiny Towers game. It's actually pretty good. Okay, I th- when we were talking about it in the back of my head, I was hoping someone would say that there was a game like this because I kind of recall that there was something else out there. It's a Tiny Towers game. I guess so. Never played any of those. Was that like a genre? Like a I think Tiny Towers is um, tower I think it's a, isn't it a mobile game. It's like a like I'm a tower up. building. Hold Never on, heard of I, it. you're if about to lose I me for the rest of the patch. Here. Access Tiny to the might towers. and power of the internet. Death Star. If only we had this, right, Ryan? Yeah, we'll see who right. wins. Tiny Towers, Death Star. Ooh. Oh, Disney wins. pulls Tiny Death Star and Star Wars <laughs> oh. Assault. <laughs> it was a business simulation video game. A business. Uh, oh, there. Look. Oh, it's super cute. Oh, it's so oh, cute. Oh, man. And now you just found out that it was snatched out from under you seconds after you discovered it, it existed. Was it a mobile game? I know. This, this is, is the is life real, I'll never live. This is a real emotional roller coaster right now. Oh, It looks what? so cute. Floor by floor, Death Star building, that's the game. Okay, so how can we get this? I don't care if it's been pulled. I need this game. Um, it was published for Android, iOS, Windows Phone, and Windows 8. I love the Emperor and Darth Vader like out on the town. <laughs> just like going to the cantina, hanging out. As you do. Oh, dude, I would, t- I would totally play that game. R.I.P., we'll apparently. To, we'll find a way to play that. That'll be the new Game Club it game. It came out in yeah. 2013. I'm just trying to figure out here like about it being pulled now because I'm really sad. What do you play? Well, I mean, Why not just leave full removal, Disney? October 2014, so it wasn't even around very long. Okay. Well, Disney rolled back a lot of stuff, right, when they took over. Uh, I mean... Part Infinity of their got <laughs> well, I mean, oh now they're not doing games. Well, they, yeah. they well, they're not doing self changing directions. Games. Here's the statement: Disney removed the game off all app stores because they wanted to take the Star Wars games in another direction. Oh, what? Come on! I mean, so what? Like, I mean, they really, you know they, you can take the series in another direction. You don't stop selling the prequels. Well, they came in and really tight tried to. It seemed like they tried to tighten up the canon of the entire universe a lot, and they disposed. They went ahead and said, like, okay, all I mean, this stuff extended universe no is out. Canon, yeah, this is what we're going to focus on. Uh, that is weird, though, that you would just retcon out existing games. Well, there were a lot of games, so I mean, you mean unrelease? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, because I guess they got to well, they didn't unrelease books, so and they didn't unrelease, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, the old Republic or anything like that. So it's just like Tiny this Towers one games. in particular is just super weird. Give us like, back our money, Timothy Zahn. I mean, if you're going to take anything, take the Twilight DS game. <laughs> Do you remember Ash a few years ago when we knew a lot of people in the video game industry who were verified on Twitter? And then there was this weird thing that happened where they went through and took away the verification from a bunch of people in the video game industry. I do uh, remember I, that because that um, I remember that that was uh, uh, the the Fragdoll's Twitter account was involved in that. Like right. it got it was verified, it was verified, and then it just like wasn't anymore. And it was there specifically was, 
a lot of stuff in gaming. It was. Um, my understanding of it is that a bunch of people like knew a guy. Right. Uh, and so they all got verified through this guy. And then that guy got in trouble with Twitter because that's not the way that's supposed to work. Uh, and so they went through and they unverified yeah, they- <laughs> all the people that got verified through that dude. Right. That sounds like my friend the literally just story. told me this story this weekend. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you- the thing they're always making saying in cop dramas where like, no, you got to be impeccable because if, if, they, if they catch you, then all the cases you did goes down with you. Yeah, my, right. my friend was a victim of that where he, he knew a guy and he went and ver- his friend verified a bunch of people mm-hmm. and then like they went back through his logs of who he verified just unchecked everyone. It's crazy. That's great. Well, it's a weird thing because, like, like when you talk about unreleasing games, like when they did that, and I think it's relevant to the discussion because it happened to like a lot of people in the video game industry. It's almost like saying that the verification thing. It's like I don't think it matters really in the grand scheme of things. But when you unverify someone, it kind of almost flags it though it's a fake account. It's right. like, and if you, if it is definitely that person's account. And they can take it away. It's like, what does then verification mean? What is the purpose of right, it? Right, because the whole point of it is su- supposedly to say you are you. Right. Uh, so if are they, you, so they say if you were, you're not and then you? they take it away, it's like, so you're casting some doubt here. Yeah, well, it's like it's weird to take it away. They should, it seems like you just go, you never get to verify anyone ever again. And the Fragdals one seems especially weird because the Fragdals one had millions of followers because it was one of the earliest accounts, and it got in that gaming section for when you signed up. And it said, you should follow this account. And they yeah. ended up with like 1.5 million followers. Yeah, I think it was, might even have been over 2 million at some point. But it was uh, before they had recommended accounts, anything like that. This is when we created the account. I think it was uh, late 2007. Uh, we managed to get it on the list of recommended uh, Twitter accounts. Like the, when you sign up for Twitter. And at the time, it was just a static list. It was, hey, welcome to Twitter. Looking for people to follow? Try following these guys. And it was just a list of really anyone they could get on the platform. And so uh, it managed to get millions. They deleted. They yeah. mothballed the account? They mothballed wow. the Fragdolls account. Here's the gone. Thing. Had no, millions no, no. of Twitter followers. And they uh, just oh, gone. Oh, no, no. That's, that's another story. They gave it to another account. Oh. Ubisoft changed the, the Fragdolls Twitter to like some Community other... Community account? Kind of. Like they took... So they Fragdolls ended uh, and they like... There were two other girls from Ubisoft. I want to say they're like community developers, something like that. And so they're like, "Hey, we're going to start a group called Blah." I don't remember exactly because I don't I don't follow it that much anymore. But it's Blah. And uh, so they actually changed the Fragdolls account to that one. Wow. So they, it was just like, "Hey, this, you know, this group of two girls doing this community stuff." Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was honestly a spiritual successor, doing a lot of the same stuff that Fragdolls mm-hmm. did, like competitive stuff and community stuff for Ubisoft games. Uh, but they changed it, so it's like, "Hey, this brand new group." million followers and fragdolls went to a like backup account just like a, a right. dead account that was never going to be used again anyway uh and then i guess eventually just got deleted when i did that you had this thing in achievement hunter when uh they changed your name for one of the shenanigans episodes for your xbox oh, live yeah. name and it's it's like i i changed my twitter account one time from uh bernie burns to bernie like i don't know why i thought it was better to have bernie burns than bernie i had both accounts forever and uh I was like, I had to do it in the middle of the night because <laughs> I didn't want to switch and then someone to pick up my old account as oh, soon as it yeah. became available, you know? So I had to swap them out really quickly. That's always my fear of, like, changing my Twitter handle because Google Ranger doesn't really have any meaning anymore. So I kind of want to try, a, like, a permeation of Adam Ellis, but I don't want to fucking, I don't want to, like, <laughs> switch it and lose one. Jack lost his, right? So Somebody, either Michael or Jack, permanently changed your Xbox account but then didn't think to register the other one and then it was Jack's and then Michael registered his old one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jack Brilliant and idea. Michael were, the old one. Yeah. When, when they messed with your Xbox Live account they at least like saved it right? Yeah. No. No. They, they. It was a big point of discussion. Snatched it up. 
uh, with another just empty account real Good. quick. What was, the, what was the account name? The new one? The Milk? Give Me Your Give Milk. Me Give Me Your Milk. Something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> oh, man, that Edgar joke. That's my life. Uh, Twitter verification, though, that's all just nonsense, right? I mean, No, it's, but it's, it is nonsense. Well, it's, like, it's like having yeah. a release game of Star Wars and then unreleasing it. That's what led to this conversation. Is It's like, you know, if... If you do these things, it's like, does it really take it away? Or in the case of like this Twitter unverifying a bunch of video game uh, industry accounts, like what does that say? What does that message say? Well, the weird thing to me is it's it's not something that you – if uh, let's say if I want to be TSA pre-check, I sign up for a, an appointment. I go meet somebody. I'm like, this is me. I'm a real human. They're like, you are. You're TSA pre-check. Right. For Twitter, it's like, all right, let's meet. We got a, we got a, we got a room yeah. behind a room. The behind password a room? is the password. There's is, a room behind the room. There's a room behind the room. The password is Eagle flies at midnight, and then you go in and they're like, "Is there a counter sign like?" It's like two know, dudes on a, in a park, like, on a bench, like overlooking a right? lake. It's right? Like you can't apply yeah. for it. It's not like you fill out some documentation. You're like, "Okay, you made it." It's like I feel like Twitter verification is more secure than passports. It well, like I should be able to travel on it. Be like, no, because it's based like, yo, 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 no Twitter knows that I'm me. Well, it's just it's, we're off on a tangent, yeah. but it's just it's just like you know generated demand. It's all it is. I real know. Real quick, I know. Yeah. the Twitter used to have a feature on the iPhone that you could pull down your uh, notifications and just search by mentions. Yeah. And one day that went away, and I found out it just went to verified users. So unverified people don't have that. It's still on the desktop, though. Right. It's nonsense. Super weird, right? Nonsense. Thank you. <laughs> all nonsense. It just didn't have enough features for verified, so they. Gave them I don't know the feature you're talking about. No, this we'll is, talk so about this is the, the, the mobile app, just the Twitter mobile app for iOS. Uh-huh. Uh, used to have a filter for notifications. You could go notifications and mentions, uh, and then one day mentions went away. I got to get off Twitter. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about video I feel games. bad that I brought it up. Let's talk about video games. So let's talk about Inside. Okay. Everybody okay. Played it? So should we like? Can we get like a spoiler warning thingy up? Like on the on the thing of the the what's it like the, with the what are we going to spoil of the in this game? Apparently, I mean, the last the, the last little chunk of it is. I haven't like played the last unique. chunk. Of it. I, I haven't fe- seen the last. I feel like people you at least haven't have not. I would love to do like a round of like a game of our facial expressions. I actually recorded actually finished finishing it? the game. No, no, I, I you haven't finished mm. it. Okay, we won't spoil well, it. Yeah, we you. shouldn't spoil no. it now. I mean, it just came out this week either. So it came, well, it came out, out last, last week. week. Last it's week. been Sorry. it's been it's like a like forty five minute day. Game. It depends on how. Oh no, no, it's we've we've been recording let's watches of it. We're over right. two hours already. Right. Really? Yeah. Gameplay wise, well, it's Michael playing. You guys I don't are know. busy making jokes while you're you know, trying fair. to play the game. Yeah. And also, gameplay wise, have to say much more polished than Limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt one is grander in scale, like the puzzles that you're doing. Um, Bernie, you mentioned this last night. But the in Limbo, when you're completing a puzzle, it tends to be like a very, it's a very limited area. You you stay here, whereas in Inside, you may be like running all over the place, like different rooms, different levels. Right. You go a really long way. There's a lot of running in the game. Kids fit. We were noticing that today. Yeah, the we got to the point where we were starting to wonder if we'd messed something up because you ran so far away from. Right. It's like you identify. Okay, here's a puzzle, mm-hmm. and then you ran. Forever and like multiple levels later, you're recording. We're recording something. Don't mind that. (laughs) Multiple levels later, that's still part of the same puzzle. I mean, levels is in like floors. There was like a point where you went down like three levels in an elevator, and you started doing something finally way over here, and then you had to go way back here, and then up here, and then yeah, it's just the area of the puzzle was enormous. And like on Limbo, which was also developed by Playdead. I always felt like the puzzles, everything I needed was within a screen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, there would be one screen away. This might be, like, 
eight or ten screens away. You know, you got to go on this long hike sometimes. Sometimes you enter an area and you'll pass stuff up that you'll need for the puzzle, but you don't yet know you're in the puzzle, so yeah. you're not looking out for that stuff. Let How me do you find you. the puzzles do compare you, to Limbo? Do you... Uh, uh, go on. If you want to answer that, that's fine. I think, I they're, e- I think they're far easier than Limbo, actually. I think they are as well. They, uh, as In terms of sheer brutality. Like, some of the buzzsaw puzzles in Limbo were... So aggravating. A lot. And well, like I don't know. There's some things in, in inside that are just part of it, partially, partially because you are no longer just looking at silhouette. But I mean, when you see at a certain point, like there's big thunderclaps in the distance, it creates shockwave, and your character yeah. goes, "That's sweet." Yeah, I love that part. Limbo, I felt like it was a lot more trial and error, where mm. you just like get surprised by a trap that you couldn't really see because it's mm. a silhouette, and then you right. just go back and try to remember that. Do you do you find yourself frustrated, like having to backtrack for things that you just walked by, like? Five minutes ago, well, I think in, inside where I get frustrated is I go, oh, I'm in an area. I'm trying to figure everything out, and I'm like, man, I just if I just had this, and I'm like, let me go see if that's back a few screens, and I go, you know, or back a little bit of distance. It's not actual screens, but and then I go back and sure enough, I find the thing that I needed the whole time. It's like, oh, if this had been a little bit more convenient to find, it really wasn't part of the puzzle. It's more like a treasure hunt trying to find this like a box or something like that that I need. Um, but in general, I would say that the puzzles on this, it's like. I don't do a lot of trial and error on on inside. I really they're pretty straightforward. It seems like the the, the elevator part puzzle I think was the of one, of inside is figuring out what you're supposed to do. The difficult part of limbo was doing the thing you're supposed to do. A lot of limbo like it felt like you're like all right, I just need to get through this thing. Uh, and it was pretty straightforward, but actually executing it was really tough. Like the stuff with the magnets at the end of Limbo and changing mm-hmm. gravity, and even the thing when you have the two boxes and you have to stack them on top of each other and open the two clamps, and it's such a timing thing. It's like you can know exactly how to do that and still get to that part and not just blaze through it. I, you know? I prefer like that sort of gameplay style where you're trying to perfect something and it's, it's all about execution. Yeah, but you love Dark Souls. And super, you like, love I like, pain. like I like well, I like, I like just repeatedly trying a challenge, like in Super Meat Boy. Like, you like you, you like doing it until you find the perfect motion right that like it, completes the it's challenge like, like, it's like it's like playing an instrument with your hands i like that except for the fact that limbo had an achievement to finish the whole game with less or five deaths yeah, or that less was, i tried that so many times that. we streamed it yeah we streamed that on the rushi twitch channel right yeah and we uh how'd you do we got it wow got it with it one was, death to spare it was on the yeah the final life it was so tense because yeah. you got through the whole thing died on that once and we're down to like the last thing and that was it. Yeah. And it was fun, though. It's fun to go through that. There's nothing like that in Inside. Most of the achievements are kind of like in Limbo, where you had to find the eggs. This, you have to find these, like, cores, yeah. and you pull them out. Uh, and you once you find all of them, then you actually get oh. a different ending as well. That's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to pull on it, not push on it. <laughs> I, found, I, found, I found one, and I was like... You were, pu- you were pushing on that thing the whole time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I kept asking you, are you grabbing it or whatever? Yeah, well, I, I was... Because uh, I was finishing it uh, last night, and Bernie'd already finished it, uh, and so he's just sitting there, and he'd like offer super vague but surprisingly helpful hints every now and again. Uh, and I got into this this weird room, and he's like, "I've never been in there," and I was like, huh, and turned around and walked out. Yeah, it was like <laughs> super fascinating because you got an area that I, I hadn't seen, which is typically where there's one of these, uh, you know, achievement Easter eggs or whatever you want to uh-huh. call them, these collectibles that the way they do it. So, all right, I'm gonna read this real quick. Yeah. Uh, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you. So it's important to know where your food comes from. 
For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Blue Apron features new recipes that are created each week by Blue Apron's culinary team and are not repeated within a year. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-proportioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this this week's menu and get your three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash thepatch. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash thepatch. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Perfect way to end <laughs> Jeff's super excited about it. So sayeth the screen. Can't All right, wait so, to cook. so let's bring up the, the spoilery thingy that's okay. ready just because wait, we'll do talk. I want to go la la la? Well, we're not going to talk the end. Okay. I don't want to talk about the end um, because you guys haven't finished it. But okay. uh, this way we can at least talk uh, the story that, that you guys know of and are, are up to, and we can make theories. Like the world itself. Like the world itself, um, without spoiling people who want to know absolutely uh-huh. nothing. I've read so many theories on Inside at this point that I'm just like, and I don't agree with any of them. So, my perspective on the game is so far as I've jumped into the middle of it. Like, I was not in the first part of our Let's Watch. I'm in, I was only in the second part, so what I've seen thus far is... Uh, that you're in, once again, a very dark, underworld-type place. Right. Populated by some kind of uh, husk-like zombie things that you control with your brain if you stick your head in a brightly colored helmet. You, you okay? okay? Also dogs. Also dogs. Dude. And submarines. Fuck dogs. I have, I have a similar amount of experience where I've only seen the first little chunk of it because I'm watching it because I don't have an Xbox. So until oh, it comes it out just on, PC, on PC now like today, it, right? Uh, yesterday, yeah, I'll be playing it or on PC last night or something. Probably like that. very soon. So it really, I mean, it really can be solved in short order. There's not. I'm trying to think of a place. There Similar is somewhere Limbo, where something catches you by surprise. Well, Limbo, I can't think what that there is. are a lot of things that catch you by surprise. Mostly <laughs> the fuck, and then you're dead. Yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, it's like something that's like you didn't know what it was, and you approach it, and it kills you. Kind of like the spider or the, right, bear, yeah. right. the bear traps in Limbo. You know, yes. My a little bit of trial and error, but probably like a tenth of what there is in Limbo. Do you think the developers of this game have ever had a, hot, a single happy thought? Just one. Man, it's a good question. Dude. What's their deal I with mean, worms? That's what I want to know. Right. There's some, there's some kind of like worm Did you guys fetish. get through the, the pig room? We just showed it, actually, a little clip room. of the pig. A little, little clip. So there's just one part. It's not like it's not mm-hmm. story intensive, but uh, like pigs are running at you. And you have to like jump over them and, and avoid them. But it's a pig with a glow worm on its head. Oh. On its butt. On its butt. So uh, there's like <laughs> a super are, yeah. like that that one detail has led to this crazy universe theory that Limbo and here's inside the here's the pig part uh, you can see here so you have to like jump over him and like avoid him as it's like chasing you down. That's um, a mean looking pig. Super yeah, mean pig, all the animals. Right? It's, uh, this game looks so cool. It's just like it's it's such a great spiritual successor to Limbo. Mm-hmm. It's so great. We're yeah, talking about like, how weird it is and it's maybe not as hard as Limbo. I love this game. It's wonderful. It's gorgeous. The, I'm, in fact, I just got distracted. Well, while he'll see here. It. He'll knock the pig out, and then <laughs> it might. There it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the crazy universe oh, theory oh, that's like worm. that's yeah. like popped up is that those are almost like uh like a beta, like a or an earlier evolution of the worm in Limbo, and that scientists are like researching it and like developing it, and that because the same things that work on 
pigs, like uh, diseases and all that sort of stuff, often work on humans as well, or like Good communicable. That, that, that indicates that they're, it's like early uh, testing. That's why you always dissect pigs in, uh, in class, because the anatomy... I've dissected frogs. I don't know what class you were in. I thought you guys did pig. Yeah, I did frog and a pig. Really? I just had the frog, and I was like, I feel terrible, but you did. We we had to dissect a worm. That's formaldehyde. Man, when I was a biology student at UT, the like the biology building, the whole bottom floor of the basement, it was just the worst. Oh yeah, just formaldehyde. It was just awful. But uh, yeah, so I had a weird theory that like there's there's definitely some kind of connection between the worms in limbo. And the worms in inside, but they just kind of hinted them a little bit, just barely. And then the whole like mind control stuff, and and you know the the I don't know what you want to call the people that are walking around the zombies essentially. Yeah, they're like these blank things, but then all the characters are kind of blank in a way. They I, like that. That's really where I get the comparisons between that and Limbo, and it makes me wonder what is Limbo? Limbo is like a dream world. It seems like. At first, when you play inside, it's kind of an alien thing because you're running and there's people like searching the woods with cars and things like that. It feels almost like E.T. Your character's actually dressed just like Elliot from E.T. Did not notice that. Yeah. And uh, so it's like some of the moments in there in the beginning with the flashlights in the woods and stuff it's felt just like a Spielberg movie to oh God, me. That, that opening sequence is so intense. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, so that actually led me to a theory. What do you guys think is going on in the game? Like, what do you think the story is based on? what you've seen and also on twitter if you want to give us some of your theories yeah, use hashtag the patch please. i have to abstain from this because i don't have enough knowledge to give it dude we still I, want the theories yes yeah, i'm, I'm gonna theories. make a wild theory sure go for go it go for it uh so again i've barely seen any of it uh all i know is that there's some kind of uh governing body i guess because there are humans that are not husked uh that seem to be not happy that you exist yeah, right. correct uh so the, these are the uh the uh, let's call them the husk masters the makers of the husks. You want uh, to call them the husk masters or the makers? I've, they're, 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 well, the one is I tied like to naming, the other. I like naming stuff. Okay. I, no, I see that those are two different things, too. Like, they're they're not the people that made the husks, but I feel like they're collecting them and using them okay. for other purpose. I've, I've noticed that uh, the husk people have, uh, obviously, like, some of them are, are wearing different clothing and are uh, clearly, like, like... the ones with the hard hats? Yes, like, they're dressed like they're for their specialized. certain role? Uh, I don't want to know what the ones with no pants are doing. Um, so they're just let me tell you, yeah. they're walking stiffs. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey yo. rigor mortis works too. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess that. Okay, so this is a uh, it's it's like one of those dystopian future things where a group of people have gotten power and have figured out how to turn normal human beings into husk beings uh, and putting them to work because you at several points can control multiple husk things with a single helmet. Right. right. So you're and basically a force like multiplier. Hard hats on and things like yeah. being put to work. But you never actually see them doing anything. No. Unless always someone like, is specifically controlling them. Or they're like, there's a weird thing later where they're being used as like, uh, this could be a potential spoiler for later in the game, but I don't think so. Like they're being used as servers. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten to that part. Mm-mm. It's very, I'm like so. Adam, I'm so. The look on Adam's face is like pretty much how you spend worry, most of the inside. Game. Inside like, is one of those yeah. games you only, enjoy the whole way through, but you'll have this look on your face all the time. Like, uh, okay, okay, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, really, you're just kind of like you're kind of along for the ride narrative sure. with inside until yeah. you yeah. sit down and digest and it. You, yeah. and you just it reminds go, me of we have look, even when you digest it, you just end up like. Ugh. Have you played We Happy Few? No, but I was watching the the demo for it. Dude, that yeah. was at E3, super yeah. where everyone's on their their joy or whatever, and everyone's like sort of like this controlled being 
or like at least emotionally. Well, and everyone's wearing suppressed. those masks too, and the actually the enemies and inside they're right, all, they're all right. wearing those masks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My uh, so my theory when I started playing the game was that uh, was that actually like the kid's a bad guy, that you're a bad guy, and that uh, because you can do the mind control thing that you might be, like, responsible or, like, you're kind, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's a wizard. Uh, and your kind is responsible for the husky, the like, the husked people. The husky people. Um, the, <laughs> the husky people. And uh, uh, the, the regular non-husked people mm-hmm. are trying to capture you and get rid of you because they're, you know, like a, like a witch hunt, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my theory going all along because the second I did the mind control, I was like, this seems, like, morally wrong. Uh, but well, the, the kid much. was just like, eh. I mean, Until it's the, true they're not the doing much, stems. but only because they've been zombied, man. That's true. But he, did you see the kid make the zombies? No, but that doesn't mean that, like, I'm just wondering if he's more than human. That was my theory going through the whole thing. I, the part that I've played, I've not seen any other human interact with the helmet. So I assume that other people can, though. Right, not the normal people can't. It right? is human head shaped, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, shaped. pretty. Uh, I would say it's a universal head adapter. <laughs> if and I, these things might, whatever these things are, might not have their brains in the same place that a human does. Like you're gonna put that helmet on. A that's worm. interesting. I always just assumed that it was it was a human that had been turned into something. Uh-huh. The husks. But yeah, that's that might make more sense as if it was some kind of automaton. Or well, you made a weird or, comment at one point where you just said, "Are they growing them?" Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. Like I wondered if people were like if they were. Because I saw one that seemed like not fully formed, right? And I wasn't sure that if that's because it was missing limbs that it used to have, it, or if it just hadn't grown those limbs yet. Have you guys gotten like, some of the water stuff from some of the water enemies? She oh hates yes, the water okay, yes, there no, is. I, I, I hate water the water, water enemy. Fuck that kid. Yeah, uh, but uh, fuck a lot of things in this game, frankly. Fuck dogs. <laughs> fuck kids. Yeah, uh, but uh, some of the water physics stuff is incredible right like there are points where the water is on the ceiling and you're diving up into it is super surreal which again makes me wonder what the hell is this world because you're going through at first the world seemed normal right you're hiding in forests and you're you're walking through like really shallow ponds and there's logs and stuff that you're hiding behind it all seemed really really normal and it got progressively weirder and more surreal the further you went. So I don't know what world this is, but it doesn't feel like a real world, like a real one anymore. It would be strange if they made it another... I mean, Limbo, it's pretty hard to argue, is not an uh, like an afterlife sort of experience. I mean, even the name Limbo is right. sort of indicative of that. It'd be really kind of strange if they made a second post-life sort of game. I agree with that. Back to back. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, unless they're both this, like similar experiments they may not be post-life at all in the end they may just be like some crazy i mean who's to say that you don't zoom out and you are plugged into another head thing all along (laughs) it's not entirely clear to me like for most of the game um not gonna spoil the ending or anything but it's not clear for me for most of the game what the goal is like where am i going like in limbo you encounter a fake version of the sister early on or the, the girl character, I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's a sister. One of the things I love about Playdead's games are they don't tell you anything. Like, you just start, like, even in Limbo, you don't even know the game's begun until you, like, finally are sitting there waiting for this character to wake up, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just move him. And then mm-hmm. you, get him, you get him going. And then same thing works with Inside. There's some really complex mechanics that come up later in the game, but they don't tell you how to do them. There's no prompts mm-hmm. on the screen or anything like that. Just the way they go about showing you the game and narratively tell their story of gameplay I, I, there's not many people that do it as well as they do. They do like very like visual tutorials. It, it's 
Kind of similar to, remember, so we played a Hyper Light Drifter for Game Club. Mm -hmm. And this was a game that kind of prided itself on having nothing spoken. Like, there was, there were no words, there was no, like, you know, conversations were all, like, pictograms. Mm -hmm. I feel like Play Dead does that kind of thing sublimely. They're wonderful at it. It just doesn't even bother to actually show you pictures. It's just, okay, Right, but go. it's like, it's, it's, like, it's, it shows you through the gameplay, what you need to do, and then, like, builds on it very gradually, but it's mm-hmm. it's subtle, and you totally get it. Yeah, and it's also, like, once you figure it out, you, go, you realize ah. the way the, you realize the way the game was cluing you into stuff, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, that's what that was. Like, that's, that's why this thing was reacting with this thing in that way. You know, and once you figure uh-huh. that out, then you're like, oh, it totally makes sense. Limbo did, I, was, I did exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. They did a great job of it in that game as well. All, every mechanic was introduced that exact same way. So it's, I'm glad to see that they've, carry that forward um what's the hardest puzzle in limbo that you remember i hated uh, the one where there was the two bear traps on the ropes and you had to trigger one and then move back and then the other one would come it was like they would, they would they would swing across each other mm. and that's where the uh when you get in the guy's fort basically where uh-huh. there's these other people like survivors or whatever right. they're yeah. living in that world that have the fake spider it's like that's the part that just drove me man nuts. your memory is way better than mine. i, I just think remember being crushed by cogs a lot, a lot. <laughs> i yeah. think for me it might have been the first major buzzsaw puzzle isn't there one where you have to jump a buzzsaw in the dark? Yes. That's, that, that's a for the shortcut, though, right? Like, uh, that is for the if shortcut. If you're going the but, shortcut to get the achievement yeah, egg. But I think in that same area, there's like a, it's like a crazy... That's like your first crazy... like You have to leap this and run and leap this. Like very, very precise timings mm-hmm. with the buzzsaw. And uh, I remember just hating that the first time I played the game. Would you play it? Recommend? Everybody play inside? Yeah. 100%. I'll try yeah, absolutely. Next week. Great yeah. game. Great game. All right, and can, if, you've, if you've already played Inside, you can take it away with a spoiler warning. If you've away. already played Inside yeah. and you're looking for a game that's similar to it, I'm assuming you've already played Limbo. Uh, but there's another game that's available for download on Xbox One. It's a much older game. It's called Out of This World. Um, oh, if you can put up with the retro style of it and the controls of it, it's actually a really great game. It's very similar to a Play Dead title. It was an old Amiga game. Yeah, that was actually, yeah. And then it had a sequel too, right? Uh, it's uh, also uh, known by the name Another World. Another World. So it was Out of This World in North America and Outer World in Japan. Uh, it's a 1991 cinematic platformer action adventure game designed by Eric Chahi for Delphine Software. Yeah. Actually, I remember, knew that all off the top of my when head. When it came out, I could never make it work. Like it kept crashing on my computer. And yeah. it is available on PS4. Oh, it is? Oh, yep. wow. Okay. PS4 and the anniversary edition or something? Is that what's out? Um, let's have a look here. Um, While you're doing that, I'm going to check my notes. Well, I mean, we sh- could probably address the, the CSGO fiasco. Let's do that. Oh, yeah. heavens, the CSGO would, fiasco. So, I mean, aside from all that, I, I, actually, I want to start a little bit further back from it, though. 20th anniversary. Oh, God. The 20th anniversary is available on everything. Uh, iOS, Linux, Android, uh, Windows, 3DS, OS X, PS3, <laughs> PS4, PS Vita, Symbian, Wii U, Symbian. Windows Mobile, Xbox One. What is Symbian? I don't even know what that it's, is. It's, isn't that a Symbian? Is it available on the Phantom as well? Symbian. Uh, uh, there it is. Yeah, I mean, the game's Symbian's got like 17 polygons in it, so yeah, you and it's should got run like, on everything. It's like a full 8 frames per, per second. Has Persia yeah. sort of animation it style? Looks just dangle, like dangle, dangle, yeah. dangle. Yeah, but it's a really fun game, and you figure out puzzles in, in the, much the same way that you figure out puzzles uh-huh. in a Play Dead title, so it's like, Rah, I just really like it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, the root of all this really is Valve. And the Valve's, CSGO thing. Yeah, this, the root of the I CSGO thing. I might disagree, but okay. Well, well, I mean, yes, the the things that have come up since then are a totally separate issue. But what I'm really curious about is, do you think that Valve's in the wrong 
for providing the tools to share the skins, which is the basis for what all these other people have done mm-hmm. later so to create the, these the, gambling the, scandals. The basis for, for those uh-huh. who haven't been following along very closely, mm-hmm. we have, uh, is that um, in uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, you can get these crates and then you buy a key for like 250 mm-hmm. to unlock it and then you get random skins for weapons and stuff out of it. Right. And you can trade those skins with other people. Or you can put them on the marketplace. Yes. Or you can put them on the marketplace. And these uh, third-party websites have popped up, uh, which basically turn skin trading into a form of gambling because certain rare skins are worth more than other skins uh, and so on. So there's these sites that have that have popped up, and they're becoming a huge thing. Recently, Valve uh, was hit with a class action mm-hmm. lawsuit by someone uh, saying that it's gambling. Uh, and that it's like underage gambling, it's unregulated, uh, and so on. So that's an issue. But most recently, a couple of uh, very prominent CSGO players, uh, YouTubers and streamers, were found to be owning the um, the, gam- the CSGO skin gambling site that, CSGO they've been, Lotto, right? yeah. So yeah, the that they've been promoting without, without disclosing, disclosing that yeah. they are were infil- affiliated mm-hmm. in any way and with that site. So that's the TLDR version. Pretty yeah. damning stuff too. Like I saw a video that uh, one of them had put up where it was he was talking about the site for the first time. He was like, "Hey, we found this site." It's like, you my, know, my we're checking told it me about out. This cool yeah. site. Yeah, and he now he says I believe at the time he didn't have an investment of the site at that point, but it's no one can figure well, that out. Well, there's a great expose video done by H3H3. My, my understanding of the of the situation was that uh, the site itself approached these uh, popular YouTubers and was like, make us these videos promoting our site and so on and so forth, and we'll give you equity instead of paying you outright. And so by giving them equity, then they become part owners. And I mean, it, you have it, to it depends on the YouTuber. Right, which they had not. It depends on the YouTuber. Um, this particular site, if you look up the articles of incorporation yeah. for the company that owns the site, it was founded by one of these YouTubers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, they're they're all listed in the and like one of them is president, one of them is vice president. <laughs> like they it's, uh, fully own this company. T. Martin and Syndicate are the two. So in, I had heard total. Okay, that's crazy because I had heard uh, f- about T. Martin that he was just given equity and was well, basically so he, tried he, he promoting. Kind of said that, and then yeah. people went back and were like, "Here's the articles of incorporation. Yeah. Here's wow. the date. Here's the dates of your videos." And then he like went back and pulled his. His, his videos. statement video wow, that's because right. he was in the shit again for lying about it. I mean, credit where credit's due. A lot of this research has been done by uh, H3H3 Productions. And Honor and, the Call. And Honor the Call. Uh, honor the Thy Call? Uh, it's Honor the Call. The Call. Honor the Call. Those are the two original. Well, Honor the Call was the, the original uh, researcher. And then H3H3 has made a follow-up that like uh, a built booster. on top of that. Yeah. Uh, exposing a lot of this stuff. Um, and again... But I, I would like to talk briefly. I mean, because that's that's been discussed very yeah. heavily. Like we, yeah, they're, they're very awful people. I think essentially is what it boils down to at this point. Is you you've been proven to be a liar in three different levels at this point. So what well, else can we say other than shame? Yeah, I don't. There's one thing. So we we did a news update about this yesterday, going into a lot mm-hmm. of the the details about how these people were found out and what it is that that they've done. But one thing that we actually didn't discuss is because. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about T. Martin in particular uh, mm-hmm. because he, um, I believe, was the one who founded the company and everything, and he's the one who did the video and then pulled it and also went back and put, uh, like, hey, this is a, a this is yeah. an ad in all of the video descriptions, even though they weren't there before oh. and all this stuff. So that's been the focus of it. But um, actually, the other guy, Syndicate, 
Um, we didn't talk about this, but this is like his third in- infraction against with the FTC because he also um, it was a game that he'd been promoting. Dead Realm. Dead Realms, and there we go. And uh, he like he owns equity in that company mm-hmm. as well, and had been promoting the game without disclosing. That affiliation. That was and in August of last that, year. It was less than a year ago. Yeah. So he knows. And before that was the machinima thing uh, where um, machinima in particular was hit with an Xbox promotional thing right? for YouTubers not disclosing mm-hmm. that they were making favorable videos about Xbox. Uh, and so that's like – and he was involved in that. So it's like the third time. I'm not sure if he – I don't remember him specifically being named in that. But that's – this group seems to have come out of the machinima era of that time. And these are all like – Involvement of the FTC in things, which you don't often hear about. You yeah. know, it's the there was the Xbox thing where they had to give positive reviews of the Xbox. Um, there was this uh, this game that came out where the the Let's Players were promoting it, and the FTC got involved. Like Gamma Sutra did a Gamma Sutra did a whole article about it. Um, and this, yeah, so it's it is it's interesting that there was three times at least that mm-hmm. the FTC like started like you know getting involved with with this group as a whole. So just just so I'm clear. Um, when you are paid to to make a video, you you have to disclose that. Yes. yes. So, but it, I thought for a while that was just tied to news outlets and journalists and people claiming to be like reputable media sources. No, no there's this online. Is, this is uh, yeah. There there are online and social media FTC guidelines so it's, it's these for days. It's for everyone. It's ha- like the exact format of disclosure depends on the medium. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with like Twitter, we, we it's say hashtag, hashtag ad. ad. Right. Exactly. Or, but not uh, everybody does that. We That's what our approach to it is. We yeah. put hashtag ad on anything that's a paid placement. Yeah. Right. Some, can, some people will do hashtag sponsored yeah. or whatever. You have to make it very clear, um, you know, like within the world mm-hmm. that someone would be interacting with the, the promotional content that it is that it's been paid for. News outlet or not. So, so like yes. these guys are completely against in the wrong. Correct. The news yeah. outlet thing is interesting though because there was some arguments made by some people saying, well, <clears throat> the FTC guidelines say that when an online personality is paid to promote a product, then they have to disclose that paid promotion. The argument here was they're not being paid to promote the game. They own the company. If they own the company, they're really just talking about their own thing, which I kind of get in a way because at Rooster Teeth, when I say, hey, I'm going to RTX, I wouldn't say, hey, I'm going to RTX hashtag ad because that sure, would promote yeah. a thing that's part of our company but when it's two different companies that's really where those dis- disclo- disclosures become even more important and for news you'll often hear where they'll say hey uh we're reporting on the story about star wars we should also disclose star wars is owned by our parent company disney mm-hmm. if the newscaster is part of abc gotcha. they very clearly state that those conflicts of interest uh, on an ownership level. And so I actually think in the cases of like two different companies being owned uh, by one person, I think those disclosures are, are even more important in that so, case. So do you think that the T. Martin and uh, Pro Syndicate thing will fall under like that sort of loophole where they do, since they own the company, it, they don't have to hashtag ad. They're just promoting their own Part product? Part of the problem was though they were so disingenuous about it because they Disingenuous they or not, like you have to – like, are they going to get in actual trouble? I don't think anything happened with Dead Realm. Or is this yeah. going to be a with catalyst? The FTC? I think it comes down to, to what uh, to deceptive marketing, essentially, because mm-hmm. they were they were more or less implying that they were impartial instead of yeah. you know sure, instead sure. of making their affiliation with the company known. Like, had they been like, "Hey, I started this cool new site and I do this cool stuff on it," that would be very different because then people are like, they know, they understand there is an affiliation. 
but they were actively hiding the affiliation. Okay. Also, uh, I'm just curious if, like, and, if this is going to have repercussions or if it's just going to be we're going to talk about it for the next few weeks. Well, nothing it may come else. down to the FTC. Honestly, um, there's, a, like, a video game lawyer is, like, he's... He's, awesome. really, he's, he's, at he's really hot on it, yeah. um, so we'll see. I think it would take someone who uh, has been affected by this, like someone who gambled on the site as a result of uh, of their content and these promotions, to be able to take them to court and do anything about it, unless the FTC gets involved directly and comes in and says, hey, no, putting the foot down. And those those skins on there are like incredibly expensive in some cases. Yeah, some of them are. Thousands of dollars. Well, let me, let me ask you about that, because... You know, here is a third-party group that's making taking a Valve system and making it gambling. But can someone explain to me how getting uh, one of these crates in the game and then having to buy a key to open the crate in which I am not guaranteed anything. It's a random selection that I have paid money to unlock. How is that not gambling? It's the, uh, it's the pachinko ball. Well, that's the, core, the core Steam mechanic is in itself a lottery because it you're is. paying 250 mm-hmm. for your ticket. You unlock the thing, you get the, you see if you won or not, or you, you got the like the basic skin that everybody gets. There's even well, like color yeah. so coding the loop, when the, it does the roulette so wheel. The loophole is that you're you're paying money for a key. You're always guaranteed a key, and the key does the work in the game. So you're already like you're getting what you're paying. So you for. can just uh, you think there's key collectors well, out there. I'm, well, t- I'm saying it's <laughs> kind of like the loot boxes it, 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 on Overwatch work. Like that's how it, they work it, as well. Or the um, the what's in boxes in Fallout Shelter. You don't know what you're gonna get. You right. buy a thing and then you take a chance. Right. The, yes. The, 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 in, it's gaming. In, in Japan, you can't gamble. So they have pachinko parlors where you go and you get a bunch of pachinko balls. And you don't win anything. You get tokens. And then you can take them across the street and trade those tokens for money. So it's nice. like it's well, that's, that yeah, sort of it's, loophole just in video the games. The thing that you get doesn't have value. So from Valve's perspective, they're selling a key that opens a box. If to them, the skins that come out of it have no monetary value, is it still gambling? But they do. Because well, no, they, they they have they do monetary value because the marketplace values them, be, but they do not inherently to Valve. You can't sell it back to Valve for any money. And you can't you, say, and here's Valve the other thing. The skin I have. Here's this the other weird thing about it is you can't take any of the money out of the Steam ecosystem no, in any it's, case. It's all just wallet. so super confused about it. Mm-hmm. You um, can't like cash it out. You have to use right. it to buy games. Yes, right. It's like you never, but you can also trade. Right, but you can't get your money back out of it ever. Hmm. So once the money goes in, it doesn't come out. All right, hold Which on a is great because, because the other thing is is that on every single transaction, Valve makes cut. a tiny little amount from it, it as well. Bite. Pouring money into them, then they get money on the uh, And then they're the just chipping the away at the yeah. amount of money that you owe. Yeah, so the um, – um, I'm Ryan, we discussed this yesterday a little bit. Like the system itself isn't inherently bad. And there's a lot of games that do it. Fallout well, Shelter, Overwatch. Hold on. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let me read this yeah. real quick because okay. we're getting close to the end here. Uh, whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, you know what I'm talking about, your underwear is probably <laughs> boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made from a sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. Uh, No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember Superman? 
shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash thepatch. That's MeUndies.com slash thepatch for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com slash thepatch. Here's the real problem that I see with the transactional system on Counter-Strike and Team Fortress 2 with hats uh-huh. and everything like that. The real problem with I, I see with it is that Valve makes so much goddamn money from this that they don't make any games because they don't need to. Remember so when they released saying, that stat? So what you're saying is we need to beggar them. Do you remember, do you remember that stat they released where that Valve, and who knows why they even said this because they're a private company. They released a stat that said they make, revenue-wise, they make $8 million per employee per year. I yeah, hope those employees silly. are like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine the line outside of HR the next day? It's like, I would I, like a raise. Yes. I, believe you, like? I believe you $4 can afford million. it. <laughs> That's how much money I would oh, like to Oh, God. Make. Yeah. Well, well, that point, why would you make a game? You've built a platform. Um, I'm looking at it right now, a lot of research, though. They're, they're, they're they moving, they're, they're, they're moving forward VR. They're also, they're like, a third of the Valve employees are now working on VR stuff. But VR is another platform, right? Yep. It's a platform, but they're, 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 like you have to imagine that when Fall, when uh, Fallout, when uh, Portal Three comes out, it'll be a Vive game. I'm but if little, it ever comes out, I'm getting a little infuriated by what's going on in VR with like DRM and everything like that. I'm getting me just, too. Uh, it's just that like goes. you know, it's just like I'm not going to buy two headsets. I'm yeah, not going to buy three headsets. No, it's it's really painful, especially yeah. when you you commit to one. And you look at you look at the marketplace of what's there. You commit to one. You're like, all right, these are the games I want. And the next day, like another one gets announced, or it goes from a Vive game to another platform's game. It's really painful. Here's what I think: If you're in the VR hardware uh, development industry, if you're making a headset right now, you can compete in the marketplace against things like you know Oculus and the Vive. You can compete in that marketplace if. People put in in measures to fracture that market and have like DRM or exclusives on certain ones. You will not be able to compete in that market because n- that market will fail. Yeah. Well, VR is not going to take off so, if they split it up. It's I mean, just the, not. the painful I'm, thing is that like prior to all the VR headsets launching, uh, certain members of the VR community that were making their headsets they were on board with you know sharing games across headsets. And like not non-exclusivity, so that they, they were saying that the goal is not to compete with another headset; it's to get VR in the hands of people. Certain members did those certain members change their stance really quickly and then add DRM and then take it back away. Potentially, potentially, potentially. I, I mean, I look. What is I mean, what is VR? What is the hardware? It's a monitor. It's a monitor. It's a that's what it is. Monitor. If yeah. you had a, if you had a PC game that you couldn't play on Samsung monitors, it's literally a head mounted display. That's all it is. And to, to to make games exclusive to a display, essentially a display and a controller hybrid, that's just it's just ridiculous. Well, it's, it's a ridiculous. Very, it's a very weird approach philosophically because it's taking. First of all, it's trying to do it in the PC market, which is is famously. We right. all get everything. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with oh, us. You have a Mac, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's that's different. Nobody likes those. They're yeah. used to not getting anything. Uh, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> At this point, they'd be surprised if they did. Uh, they'd be suspicious. Uh, but it's taking that and then trying to implement a console approach to VR, which is we each have our platforms because that's how they think of them. They feel that they're completely new platforms uh, and we get our exclusives. Right. Which... I mean, to be fair, there's some games that are only distributed on Origin, you know, and, and not on Steam. So that kind of thing happens. But they all play on the PC, whereas this was trying... They all play on all your monitors, regardless of where they were purchased, whereas this is locking down the hardware that you can and can't use. Uh, so It's it, also, by the way, twice as much as any console. 
pretty right. much. It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, they're... Oculus's battle right now is they're trying to keep people within its ecosystem without necessarily keeping it on their hardware, but they're having trouble uh, making the, the distinction between the two. I will give them credit. So, yes, they blocked Revive, but in face of public outcry or maybe just because that was their intent, it is they've rolled back that block so that you can now use your Vive on the Oculus ecosystem. Which I appreciate. Absolutely, but there's still... Yeah. The, you still have to, like, hack in, if you use Revive to, to use their storefront to use their games in that storefront well i, I don't it's, know what you do not, anymore they uh it's not so like they had like a a headset check to use the store previously and now that's gone right right so i think they may have made it so you don't need revive it at all. still needs to be able to, to basically revive i think is is taking the place of a translator between the uh open vr and oculus specific ah, gotcha. APIs. right um I, I, I've AR so far only used vive and i've only mm-hmm. used it like really within the steam ecosystem you used the so, oculus at one point we had a dev kit for the oculus yeah, that's a while. I don't. We've got it in a closet somewhere, which yeah. just means in the vibe. <laughs> Collector's item. Yeah. So well, that's like a DK two, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. My uh, after Ryan started using it, you showed me the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. simulator. I just immediately went out and bought it. But that developer's kit. It's been a few years since, or years or so since we bought it. The vibe just is light years ahead of it. It's so weird when I hear people that when they talk about their vibe that it take them, you know, twelve hours to set it up. I'm like, how? It's just it's like three components. It yeah, I'm, I'm having to get like the the lighthouses and everything too. That like we we bought tripods just to have the lighthouses up without nailing anything into a wall. So like yeah, that's twenty dollar sort of tripods on Amazon. Right, it took two days to get there. Well, but in the meantime, we had them up on boxes. Yeah, true. It was and super awkward. Yeah, it's pretty using, flexible um, in where you can put those things. Yeah, you know, one of the ultimate like futuristic problem is that my VR environment. I I thought I broke one of my like components of my VR simulation environment because my robot vacuum knocked over the tripod. <laughs> like in the middle of the night, I heard this crash. And I was like, "What was that?" And it's like my robot. The Roomba had gotten out of its like closed in pen area and like made its way out in the living room and knocked over. I one can't of the believe things. the Roomba got out of its pen. <laughs> it's, taking out the, it's, it's taking out the competition, uh, it's, man. It's Skynet. First it was happening. the broom, now it's the lighthouse. Yeah, there are, there's the more robots getting out of their pens. That's right? One star from last week. You never spend time with me anymore. <laughs> you always get that stupid headset on. Yeah. But, um, have you, have you been like playing it. any Vive games? Have you- I have. My men, my kids love it. Teddy absolutely loves it. And there's a really great video that Miles put out on his Twitter account where after RTX, he brought his mother over and his dad. They never play any video games. They You just watch them playing it. They're having a ball, dude. Uh, they the, love the it. The best part about the Vive is getting to show it to people that have never used it before because mm-hmm. their reactions are so amazing. It's, Every time I get a friend with a Vive, I'm like, record your friend's reactions, record your parents' reactions because it's awesome to watch. I'm actually super excited for PlayStation VR because I feel like where the PC versions are still very expensive, it's going to be a cheaper, almost like, think of it as an entry level. Don't get snooty with me right now, Adam. I know it, it's probably not going to be as high a resolution. No, no. It's not going to be I'm, the same about premium like experience. Price. But that's, yeah. Yeah. it's like 400 It's 500 bucks when you buy the, the eye, the camera. And mm-hmm. the move controllers mm-hmm. and the, and the thing itself it's five hundred bucks plus three hundred for a console. I'm not saying that's okay, true, without, without but then the we're talking about getting the entire ecosystem yeah. for the same price as just a PC headset, not which you know doesn't even take into account the the machinery you need for the PC. It's itself that guy's horrified yeah. really by how expensive it can get uh, and uh, <laughs> so but so I, I feel like it's going to be comparatively the entry level version it's going to be the one that'll probably go a bit wider as opposed to a bit deeper pcs where the premium experience is it's where it always has been though 
and and console is widely available. It's easy to use. People don't have to think about it so hard. But then we'll wait till AR but it'll comes get people along. Into you got to compete with all this other be, stuff too. There's going to be specific yeah. AR. It's going to be awesome though. You got to choose between Hololens and VR already. You know, and now yeah. to have to choose on different platforms for VR. It's just like. You guys are killing the marketplace. You're killing it. What will end up happening, I think, is that what, VR do, do will mean, become a thing where you go to other places to do it, like an amusement park. Do like, you mean you're like, like mm-hmm. killing it, or do you mean you're like, you're killing it? No, I mean, like, you are making it, it die. I mean, yeah. AR has got to get past the fashion hurdle. It's got to be something somebody it. wants uh, to wear. HoloLens isn't that bad. I think it, like, the fact that HoloLens is... down the street in a HoloLens. Not yet. Not it's yet, also wireless. It's a self-contained it system. It is. It is absolutely Once wireless. Once they get it down but... to being more like glasses, yeah. then it absolutely will be. Yes. Right. And that's, but that's a lot of technology to take it from HoloLens to glasses. It is, Dude, but think well, of it like this, right? Just, so Pokemon Go is coming out. It's oh, already. It came out in Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. It's going to be here any day, but people are having to take their phones around and do all crazy stuff. What happens? your battery and it kills your battery uh, and also people are throwing their phones at pokemon because they're insane uh breaking their phones which is kind of funny it's, immersive. it's like it's like the nintendo was like we can't kill your wiimotes and your tvs anymore so let's get you to break your phones uh but imagine how cool that kind of experience will be when you can just like like put that on and go around and just see Pokemon as you're walking around. Yeah, that like was, not having to hold a phone up anywhere mm-hmm. can be crazy. That was my first thought about, about AR is like going out in the world yeah. catching Pokemon. But it's <laughs> awesome. But well, honestly, yeah. if they put it in a helmet form factor, I don't care. It looks cool. Like No, it doesn't. I, I don't People care. wouldn't like, even wear Google Glass yeah, because dude. it looked Well, here's ridiculous. this. It, on April 5th of mm-hmm. this year, uh, I'm looking at a Mashable article where Samsung had been granted a patent in South Korea for contact lenses with a display that projects images directly into the wearer's eyes, and it includes a built-in camera, which I don't know how I feel about that. Sweet, right? Here's so the problem. Sweet. Eyes? What projects, does that projects. projects. Yeah. People are getting sued. This is We have a huge issue with patent trolls in this country already for people that wrote down an idea like the with no idea guy. how to use it. Like they, they was like, great, you got a patent for that idea. Right. How do you actually make that a product? No I don't idea. Know. Can't do it. But well, no at least it's on the roadmap. It it's right. Yeah, the dude true. who registered the podcast uh, patent. I don't think he had podcasts on his roadmap. Do you know what it's based on? His patent uh-huh. claim. Uh, it was a system that he had where he would people would send him a list of stuff they wanted to hear on the radio, and he would send them audio tapes in the mail. That's what he. Did. And he said that technology was what podcasts are based on you can customize what you're listening to Mm-mm. it is like the broadest it's and it's th- those lawsuits are failing all over the place thank mm-hmm. fucking god except yeah. in east texas except well all it's those things did, did texas. you see the guy who did a video on patent trolling and he yeah, went to all the law that, that was that intense. was amazing freaky yeah. he went to all the law firms in east texas that yeah. file these patent things and there's like nobody in any of these empty, offices empty, they're just empty shell buildings. corporations not to reveal who's actually uh, taking right. the suit there's a one hallway that's got like 12 yeah. of them and it knocks on every door and wow, nothing. My favorite part is he also that discovers that like uh, the two of the largest uh, originators of those lawsuits are the sons of the judges in that district that are allowing them to go through. Fascinating video. Yeah. Crazy. So look that up if you hate patent trolls. Well, hopefully the uh, the contact lens one will be an actual thing. Because I feel like that's where it's going. In fact, I feel, I get the feeling that, you know, holograms, we see sci-fi movies and we just expect holograms to be in this table and projected upwards and that's the way it works. But I could actually see them if everyone just has a contact in. It's you just mut- it. <laughs> mutual rendering. Well, that's the way HoloLens right? looks. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's like what it'll get to. You got a little like, zombie walking so around like, on your tabletop. I, I can, I can right. put like, it doesn't something have here to and be there as long as we all see it. I can't wait until we, we have, have sync right, issues right, with that right. sort of things. Like, oh, no, no, no. The guy's not there yet on my eye. Okay, got it. You know, that just made me think of something, which I don't know why I haven't thought of before. Because Adam was saying, if I project the hologram on the table, everyone will see it. And I said, as long as everyone has a HoloLens. 
What are there shared VR experiences? Because I have yet to. There are there are so multiplayer, there are multiplayer ones. Yeah. There are multi- co-op is probably the most fun thing in VR for me. Yeah, because you can go in with your friends and it feels like you're in the same room with them. Mm-hmm. And if you do have like in in the achievement hunter setup, you can use two lighthouses for multiple computers. Mm-hmm. So they all have one space that they share. What's yeah. a great multiplayer title for for virtual reality? Uh, hover junkers. Hover junkers. Uh, hover junkers. Z. That's one I have not downloaded. Okay, the, the next is question that's coming, I just want to prepare you. Yeah. Is can I borrow your Vive? <laughs> Horde, yeah, right. Horde Z and Battle Dome are also awesome. Horde Z is mm-hmm. like. House, uh, uh, House of the... House of the Dead? House of the Dead. House that of the is Dead, a game. Yeah. Sorry, it's like House of the Dead, but sort of It's an on-rails zombie. being in theory. VR, it's, it's yeah. awesome. So, I know we're running out of time, and I know that hourglass is very important to the members here's of the, the patch. Here's the thing, Bernie. Gus ain't here. There you go. But I still have kids. So, I'm, I'm going to do something that <laughs> yeah. I want you guys to know about, because I want to come back and talk about it in a few weeks. We're going to New York. There's a company that put a video out. They're called The Void VR, and it's a company in Utah, and they do this really awesome thing where they build physical sets, and they're just blank. They look like UIL high mm-hmm. school sets, right? I'm going to try and get a video look, through to, broad, to the broadcast. Yeah, You've got to look a, a minute and a half into that yeah. video oh, to really man. see Do the they technology. they map it in, into the game? Uh-huh. Yes, and then they map the digital environment over that set. So, like, you lean up against a wall, the wall's there. And you, like, look around a corner, it's an actual corner. You walk up to a touchpad, it's just a black square in the real world, but in the game, it's, like, got all these holographic displays, and you're tapping on it and That's everything awesome. else. So... After they put out that video, they partnered with whoever distributes Ghostbusters and we're going to New York because they have an installation now that's going to last all summer where you go to like a New York City apartment block and you bust ghost in a in a Ghostbusters virtual wow. experience. So it's like and it's all wireless and like free Fuck, walking. So cool, dude. That it was so weird. I'm going to go check it out and then I'll I'll tell you guys what's like. I'm taking the kids to New York on like a that's vacation great, literally to go to New York but really just so we can do this thing. Cuz <laughs> they're going to awesome. freak out. I just hope Teddy He's under the age limit, and I'm hoping we can just, like, coax our way in. Uh-huh. But the All idea right. is that we can just lie because kids don't have ID. So. Sending this through to Teach broadcast. Teach our kids to lie. Yeah. Really I mean, probably a little bit He's late now, young. but He's I just spend short. it anyway. Yeah, so yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. It really, the Void VR, it's like, got a lot of fluff in the first minute of the video, but once you get to, like, a minute 15 in that video... It, you really understand the technology and the way it works. Yeah, that, like you get the feeling like 3D printing and VR, like they can come together into something extraordinarily friends. cool. Yeah. That's Very like besties. On the controller itself, when you look at it in real life, there's nothing on the little uh, part right here. But when you pull it up in the game, it has like a battery indicator yeah. and a little hand. It's like it's stupid stuff like that, but it's really cool. Yep. We live in a really cool future. We live in a really cool time. Even there. if some of our robots are attacking some of our other system. robots. Still waiting for my flying car. But at least I can pretend I'm in one. Oh, here's the Ghostbusters thing they did. Yeah. Yeah. That seems really like a short video. Uh, that might that's have been not the it's one. 17 seconds long. Might have been the announcement thingy. Sorry. Maybe yeah, no, that's the, the Ghostbusters one. Yeah. yeah that, that's not My bad. One. We'll put the right one in the we'll link up. It. How we'll about it. that? All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We will thanks see everybody. you again next week. We'll talk more, week. More, about more games. Thanks. Do we have Game Club after this? We do. Yeah, Game Club after this. We played Sun on Rising. I'm sorry. That went well. Hey, send us some of your reactions if you finish inside this week. Send us just, some of your reactions. Just send we'll, us your face. We'll, uh, we'll post some reactions, like some reaction videos of people who have just finished inside. All right. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hey, handsome. Welcome to Patch Game Club. This week, selling on Rising. <laughs> Which we still don't know who suggested. We've been on a witch hunt for the last month since we got the suggestion and started playing the game. We've been witch hunting trying to figure out who put this game in the cylinder? None of us put it in there. All right, this is your moment. Own up Meg to it. Meg hasn't put Meg didn't put it in there. Anybody. I, I've been like coming up with all kinds of nope. sneaky theories. My, my latest theory was that Peyton was circumventing his ban and torturing us intentionally. <laughs> Peyton, did you do it? Nope.
He's saying he no. He says no. I don't know if I believe you, Peyton. Before this episode of Game Club, I went through the cylinder of selection and pulled out <laughs> every game that did not have someone's name on it uh-huh. and forced people to put names on it. There was another one in there that nobody would claim. What was it, what was it called? to blame. I don't remember. It was, what was it called? It was like it had like seven names. Oh, Danganronpa? Yeah. I think I think that one might have been a Caden one. Okay. Danganronpa. I, look, Danganronpa seems like the kind of game that Caden would suggest. The okay. control room was glad we took it out because they said that it was me, it was a very pervy game and they weren't sure how much of it we could show. Wait, hold on. <laughs> put it back in. Uh, yeah, no. That was back a different game? Yeah. It's a di- different game. Never mind. Okay. okay. Toss it in here. Oh, okay. Hold on. So, oh no. Okay, so, yeah. We're not playing this game. Uh, Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc uh, is a, was apparently the, the name of this one. And I guess that's not the pervy one. That was a different, a different game, game, which I'm going to learn a lot more after this game club. So I mean, last time you promised me a pervy game, it turned out it was like so much work to get to the pervy stuff. Okay. First of all, we're yeah. talking about Kindred Spirits on a Roof, right? Yes. Not my suggestion. I know. Uh, Meg's the one who rigged the cylinder to get that one she in. Did. Uh, and... Honestly, gotta say, at least that one was like really authentic. Like you had to work hard to get him naked. That's true. And but, uh, of the visual <laughs> novels we've done, it was uh, there've been worse dialogues. Speaking yeah. of visual novels, yeah. which is the uh, the genre of this game, that as well. is the yeah. genre for Selenon Rising. So, so Selenon Rising does have one interesting mechanic. Okay, it's uh, so okay. So the setup is like it's in the future. Earth has basically been occupied by an alien force that does not allow humans to use technology. Right, like like we've been invaded by aliens and they won. Yeah, okay. and, and all our technology is taken away. And it's like, and there's an organization that is seeking to squash potential rebellion against the aliens, and you work as one of the agents of that organization. They're like super police. Yeah, so you go around like trying to stop the rebels, and if you do a good job, your character. This is all like metagame, right? Like, right. if you did a good job, then your character gets like a piece of technology they can keep. So the main character you play got, has an alarm clock. Just that's that's your technology. Advantage. Sweet, right? A digital alarm clock. Hey, I get to get to work were, on time. They yeah. were like, you can have any piece of technology you want, and she's like, TV. Take an alarm clock. God. Ugh. Right? So what an idiot. Ba- basically, you're playing. We could have told like, her not to do that. You're playing as Gus in high school, like that. Uh, uh, I'll take a TI-82, please. Some, uh, can I have some homework, please? So that's kind of um, what it felt like. There, there is an interesting mechanic. So, like I said, it's all investigation. Your police. Yeah. You have a part. You play. Your main character's name is Violet because she's purple. Uh, your partner's name is Blue because he's blue. They're and clever. They, His old partner is red. Can you guess what color she is? Red. You got yeah. it. Yeah, and they're all part of the the group called. Spectra. Get it? Oh, Get it? Yeah. Get it? At least they didn't call them the Rainbow Force. I, I'm betting that was on the table at one point. Yeah, so, so they're so, all super police. So it's kind of, it's that investigative. It's like super noir, alarm clock police. Do um, they have... Like noir, like whodunit, investigative, yeah. um, crossed with cyberpunk and anime, all done up in a visual novel shelf. So every now and then when you find a crime, mm-hmm. you come across a crime scene... You, like, move your mouse around the crime scene to find stuff, and you click on it, and then it tells you, like, oh, this shouldn't be here, or, oh, there's dried blood on this, or, oh, this is shredded documents that might mean something. But how does she use her superpower of knowing the time to defeat the bad guys? (laughs) They do have superpowers, which I haven't touched on yet. Which I will will touch on now. Uh Violet is, what do they call it, an esper? Yeah, I I think esper might... 
be all of them. I think Esper was. That's a that's a word I've okay, heard so used in other things so too. She can. She's read um, other she's people's an emotions. Empath, okay, so she's she can empathic. tell people are feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, one of the other guys, blue, blue, is a clairvoyant. Yeah, so he can see things coming a couple seconds beforehand. Um, red can teleport, so they each have like a mm. like a special thing. I wasn't hundred percent clear on this. But it seemed like Esper meant like anyone with those special okay. abilities, yeah. uh, and that she was a specific type of Esper. But I could be super wrong about that. So, okay. So when they, again, there there are some things I didn't understand either. Like it, it seems like when people become Spectra agents, the memory of their life before that is wiped. Dude, they so get they, totally men in black. They have no. Oh, their whole so life. they don't know who they are yeah, or where they came from. Right, they don't know anything about their family right. or anything. Or like why they joined up. Uh, also, when you say that humanity has been stripped of technology, are we talking like caveman level? No, like no, they're living like, in Europe. They're like cars. They have cars, but no computers. So no internet. They took away our internet. They took away yeah. the internet. Oh man. And and the alarm clocks. All right. And, and alarm, alarm clocks, clocks for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no. They, well, just, look, that's important. Look, use the email. That's how you would coordinate an attack. You need to know what time it was so that everybody could attack at the same time. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. First, they came for my alarm clocks. No. And I said nothing. <laughs> so uh, after you do your investigation of a room, you can then interrogate a suspect, kind of like L.A. Noir. Yeah. Remember L.A. Noir? You you would like look at people's faces and try to figure out. Well, since Violet is an empath, you get like a little readout of like different emotional bars on the side as the people are as the suspects. Does are it talking. look like just like, like the pain spiked chart? In anger. The... Well, it's like yeah, like different bar graphs for like anger. Mm-hmm. Um, sad, sad. Oh, there it is. Sad, happy, surprised. Um, ha- let's see, let's see. Happy, anger, surprised, scared, sad. sad. I think those were the five that I remember. Can, anyway. can we rewind that for just a second? Like, go back yeah. to where we saw the, the bars on the screen? Because I want to show, oh, this, this actually points out something. So you see, look at this art style here, right? Yeah. Like, it's very typical visual novel, like very polished uh, looking yeah. graphics. But then here in a second, it's going to cut to this cutscene. It does this <laughs> a lot. It's like, where it's, like, it's like a sketch. It's like a Suddenly sketch Microsoft sometimes. Paint. Totally unfinished. Yeah, and I feel like it was a deliberate choice. Like, they apparently had an art team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, in the credits, you can see, like, you know, it's the art done by so-and-so, and this was done by so-and-so. But they had different studios do, like, character art and the background art and that sort of thing. I feel like it was an intentional stylistic choice. I just didn't like it. Yeah, it I mean, was, it's it was not jarring. uncommon to, yeah. I mean, uh, even Ruby at, you know, it, several instances has used it for like crowd scenes. You'll just have people that are silhouettes or like really well, simplified this art. This wasn't like that. This was more like when it would go to a cutscene, mm. then it would go to like sketch mode. Uh huh. Which, which was weird. That's the expensive part. Um, <laughs> they couldn't afford so. to, to have a whole thing done. But uh, so anyway, going back again to the uh, the empath side of things, you, you try to read their emotions, figure out when they're lying, and then you can either question them. To, you, like, get more details about mm-hmm. a specific thing that they're saying? You can present them an item you found during your investigation that okay. kind of contradicts them. And be like, you're lying and I know because of this. And I gotcha. Or you can doubt them, which says, you know, I don't think you're telling me the whole truth. But if you get if you guess incorrectly too many times, mm-hmm. you get locked out. It, that, that's As far as I can tell, that's the only way to fail the game. Right. Um, and it just starts you back at the beginning of, the, of that investigation, uh-huh. which is, you know, like, that's... <laughs> It's a visual novel, so that stuff can take a while. That's yes. punishment enough. Uh, but, so, like I said, this was probably, I think, the most interesting aspect of the game. Or this is the most game part of the game. Yeah. And you do it twice. Once in the oh. tutorial where they teach you the mechanic. And, and that, then that was with the, the girl that, that we see in the trailer. Saw, yeah. uh, and then there was The guy at the JJ. scrapyard, JJ. And I think those are the only two times no, you do that. No, I thought you did it with one. Sam. 
with the, the ki- do, the, I don't think the you do it with shop? him. Don't you do it with him Because you're not interrogating him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Only twice. So you, you do it twice. And one of them is the tutorial well, on how to do it. Well, this is episode one, This right? is episode this one out be of four. They, four? They I, think, I don't think they've released episode two yet. So this could be a potential. How long was it episodes. to play through episode one? Uh, two or three hours. Two or three hours. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'd give it a solid three at least. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like I was booking it. Um, my I would <laughs> check Steam, except I was uh, trying to like finish it last night. Uh-huh. And to- it completely put my- I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if the game just relaxed me enough to that I fell asleep, or if I was just super tired from like RTX and Fourth of July stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I my my Steam cannot tell you how long it was. I think you know, on, on fundamentally, there's an issue here that we've we've kind of talked about with visual novels before, where is it a game or is it not a game? And I was kind of off put because at the very beginning of the credits, like it's like selling on rising. A film by so and so, and then you go, oh shit! It's like, oh, okay. Well, it's not a game. You know, they're yeah. not approaching it that way. Even though there are some game, there's re- and that's really, I think, the only gameplay mechanic. It really is because, like, the rest there's um, there's an alignment. I, there's an alignment well, thing, and I feel like that may come into play in later episodes. It really didn't do much at all this particular episode. Like, I'd be, I remember making one choice, like I'm going to do this, and then. They'd have a little dialogue, which I guess would have been different from another choice. But then she was like, "No, I'm not going to do that after all." And like when I was like, "God damn!" It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like, one. Like, po- Branch and like came back together. Yeah, there was one part where I was like, you know, oh yes, I'm interested in your plan. It was like, yeah, I'll do that. With and the one with red. Yeah. I was like, the, hell and yeah! And, and then, then she's like, nah. And I was like, fuck I, off! I said, yeah, I would do that. My choices, man. My choices. <laughs> Look, they didn't have the budget for that tree. Okay. <laughs> They had to fork it back in, like, uh, oh, yeah, but look at the time, really. We, let's, just, let's just advance the plot. That's kind of what it ended up like. Um, yeah, so that was frustrating. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. branch more in later ones, and your alignment will mean something. So far as I could tell, it did nothing but, like, maybe slight conversational tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's just you say something, they respond, and then somehow get it back on the exact same track. And, and I felt that the, um, the writing left a bit to be desired. In particular, there's like a, a romance subplot that, like, any time that picked up, I was like, like, I was like hiding oh, I was, my eyes. I was, I was like, like, "Can you stop?" Was it like, was like he, his I hand accidentally so brushed much, my hand? If only. No, because that would have been like overt. This was like my hand brushed his hand. I looked over, but he was staring straight ahead. But I could see his cheeky smile. My I heart raced. It was. I was like, a "Stop sharp it!" Intake of breath. <gasps> I was like, y'all adults. Yeah. Either with you know, psychic powers. You're adults with psychic powers. Like you can tell exactly what he wants at any given time and act on it, girl. And he knows His what you're about to do. His bar is real so, like, high <laughs> right now. His horny yeah. bar, please. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, it was, it was weird. That well, that does sound like, like it's more of a game than several of the ones we've played. Um, yes and no. I'd say the lack of branching made it um, almost less compelling because. The one thing about visual novels is that, like, their one major gameplay thing as an entire genre is that you can get your ass killed or something and have to go back and find the right branches. Like, finding the branches Mm -hmm. that will get you to the end is one of the main challenges of the game, right? And this doesn't seem to have anything like that. Like, long live the queen. It's like, you're going to fail that many times before you finally do it. Right, or like, Katawa showed you how many times can you, like, end up being really bad and you don't get any of the girls you're just hopeless uh you can get yourself super killed in um um had a full boyfriend uh so i'm I'm gonna say it right now if at the end of this episode we pull a visual novel i'm putting it back in 
Oh no, I'm throwing it away. We're, we're, we're drawing again. I All can't. Right. I can't do another. I'm down for that. Yeah. You. I just want to put this out there. I did recommend redrawing at the other last one because we didn't know whose it was, and it wasn't you, like we should have listened one. to you. Yeah. I want to build a time machine. Hold on, hold on. I just, I just want to remember this forever. <laughs> I want to build a time machine and go back and listen to Ashley because she was 100 percent right. Um. You know, like that said, I'm I. Uh, I do have some good things to say about this game. I actually think the world is kind of interesting. It's an interesting we concept. don't get into a lot of um, scenarios in mm -hmm. fictional worlds where we've been invaded by aliens and they won. And this is just our life now. And yeah. this is like we we exist in a little bubble, little battlefield Earth. You're, yeah, you're like you've got your like domed city, and that's where you live, and that's about it. So um, I thought that was a really cool to start off. And you really don't get a lot of details about the crazy aliens. They're the Selenon. Mm -hmm. um, you, they just kind of seem like this mysterious figure and you don't see them until the end of the episode. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, there are some other, like, interesting world, like, bits of flair. Like, I guess during the battle with the Selenon originally, the humans used, what was it, the, the Maca? I think it's the Machina. And it's like a big weapon that shot a giant hole in the moon. So pieces of the moon and other space debris are constantly falling on the city. And that's well, why that's it's not good. is to stop. Like, the yeah. dome allows air and birds and stuff to pass through, but it stops, like, asteroids from uh -huh. uh, from hitting the city. I think, Gus, at that point, they're called meteors. Meteors. There you go. Or meteorites, <laughs> or whatever the fuck they are. Um, how does that work? Is a meteor one that's falling, then it's a meteorite once it's fallen? I think it's a meteorite once it's in the atmosphere. I think that's the way it works. Um, air. It stops that shit anyway. Uh, but yeah, so there's really cool world of being stuff, and I do feel like I don't, almost like a, the same as a person was, you're not omniscient you don't know everything about mm -hmm. the world there's all kinds of stuff you're like yeah i haven't heard about that and then someone else is like oh yeah to we totally know about this other thing and you're like uh you, just, you feel like you're only seeing part of the whole well, which is kind of cool well i think uh, that actually that really annoyed me because i felt like they used the fact that the character's memory was wiped to mm -hmm. ex to explain why they did such a bad job of exposition in uh. the story which because it's yeah. like oh what oh okay this the, thing i they, guess they were like your memory loss was really bad man yeah okay Theories, though. Let's make some predictions, because we are going to get an episode two, and it'll continue on. I may even check it out, oh. or at the very least, like, put something on and, like, like watch it, because really that's mm -hmm. all you need. Uh, the um, the dude's secretary, the one with the Ms. glasses Pierce? that you can't see through, Miss Pierce is up to some shit. Oh, yeah. She's she's really in charge or something. She's, yeah. She's, like, you know what she is? is um, like, in, in Zoo... No, I don't want to talk about spoilers of other things. Um... I feel like she's in charge. She's she's doing some shit anyway. She's she's kind of shady. Beside, she's more the powerful sort than she appears, power. and she seems to be like the one that everyone is actually. Violet cannot in. read her emotions. Oh, yeah, she may not even have any. Maybe she's not even human. She might be a robot. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I well, I I'm wondering if she's like somehow selling on in disguise or something. Mm -hmm. Like she's their keeper, maybe, or they're like their minder. Uh, so I think that. Um, I have the weird theory. I like to think that uh, she never volunteered for it. Hmm. That she was just uh, chosen. Yeah, what? or was like forced into it. It was like a, like a punishment or like a sentence or, or something. Well, there, there is that weird flashback sequence where she's like dreaming and has that. Uh, again, I don't want to get too spoilerish, but it's like maybe she's having to do this. Well, we can we can spoil whatever the fuck we want yeah. with this. I was just spoiler. I almost spoilered another oh, okay. entertainment property, well, and I didn't want to do that. At one point, Violet has a dream. It's almost like a flashback where she's piloting a spaceship in mm -hmm. some kind of battle, and then like a voice says like. You messed up. You've doomed us all. Yeah. And then she wakes up. So it's almost like maybe in the past she fought against Selenon as like some kind of pilot. Then her memory was wiped, mm -hmm. and now she's 
a spectrum. I, I mean, usually a lot of times that's the, kind of the setup to that sort of thing is the, the memory wipe is just to turn one person against their former allies or the kind, kind of, of like a, uh, Nice Yellow Republic. Exactly, yeah. Right. I was actually expecting, so um, at the very end of the episode, you you get into contact with, what's her name, the rebel leader chick? Oh. Zyra? I'm going to call her Z. Uh, yeah, it's like Zanya or Zarya or yeah. uh-huh. Z. Um, I was half expecting her to walk through the door and be like, we have a lot of work to do. Like, she knows you and stuff. Yeah. And like, all right, let's get going. And you'd be like, what are you? And she's like, don't fuck with me. Like, Really? Like she knows you because you were like buddies before. Uh-huh. She didn't do that. It was really disappointing. But I still have hope for my theory. Hmm. All right. Should we uh, hit up that cylinder? Let's All hit right. up the cylinder and get another dick. Do a good job. All right. Cylinder of selection. Turn, turn, turn. Do not fail a cylinder. That's a good turn. Oh. Oh. I can't you catch. For, I can't catch for shit, honestly. It is. Okay, I don't know much about this game. Right. I just looked at Steam. What uh, is it? And oh no, it. really? Who's your daddy? <laughs> uh, who's your daddy? The one where you're a little baby? Yeah. Oh, I've played that. Okay, so who's your daddy uh, on Steam? There's not a, a lot to that game. It's a casual one-on-one video game featuring a clueless father attempting to prevent his infant son from certain death. I I will say this. I, I don't know if this will work well for one because it it's real alpha beta. Really? I, I mean, there's there's one map. It is a 1v1, or there's a, like, 4v4 map. Well, when mode. did you play it? Because apparently uh, just this week it looks like they put out uh, a 1.5 update. Okay. Well, it was, like, two weeks ago, three weeks oh. ago. So, yeah. So, you you have played it fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played it. We streamed it not that long ago. Uh, well, Gus, do, you want to th- hang your hat on? Or do, you, do, like, do you th- if you end up as the new Sunset, it's going to be really embarrassing for you. I, I honestly don't know that there's enough Should we redraw? There. We'll, 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 we'll redraw. redraw. There's we're, no we're narrative little, to it. I'll redraw. What, it's an interesting want, game, but... What I think we all want from this particular Cylinder of Selection poll is... A, an enjoyable game. Yes. And that one is... It's, you know. it's multiplayer only, and it's just not... Well, at least it wasn't that far along before 1.5. I All thought right. the name was funny. It is a funny game. It is game. a funny game. It's In a fact, really funny concept. I, I tell you what, I will, I will play this with you even outside a game club. Okay, we'll it'll play be it fun. anyway. I'm really happy about this one. Okay. Yeah? It's one of yours. Hell it's yeah! It's Shadow Complex. Sweet. Oh. Right, Shadow that, Complex. That had a remaster on the PC. Yes. And I have not played this game since launch on the 360. And I've been wanting to play it again, so I'm really happy. I to have never it. played it. I, yes. I started Such playing it not that so long good. ago, but so, I haven't played um, it yet. This is a game. It came out um, in 2009 originally. It was um, Xbox 360. Um, it's by Chair and Epic. Um, it was easily one of those like bar setting games mm-hmm. uh, for Xbox Live Arcade, for sure. It is now available on PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PC. Um, they did just do a remaster. Let me. I think the PC remaster was just at the end of last year, early this year, like December, January. Uh, Xbox One, too. Yeah, the, so, I think the remaster. Yeah, so it was released for PC in December and Xbox One in March. Um, PlayStation. The last time this was updated, um, I'm just reading the wiki here. It said that the PS4 version was going to come out in May. Uh, so hopefully it came out, y'all. Because cool. I mean, it would look great even if not. I think, but it's. Um, the Xbox it's, One remaster is definitely out. I've, okay. I've got it. Already. Well, this we will play Shadow Complex, and I'm very excited. Super looking forward to it. So we'll see you guys next All time. All right. Good repull, Gus. I thought we did it.